Welcome to the Podcrastinators, bringing you a mixture of comedy, social and political commentary from New Zealand and around the globe. In other words, the show that's meant to make sense of everything, but quite often doesn't. Hello, I'm Darren Lees, a globally experienced businessman, politically to the right, stand-up comedian, comedy writer and of course, podcast presenter. And I'm Matt Danaher, I'm an amateur writer, traveller, podcaster and Instagram influencer and professional union organiser and socialist who likes to be optimistic about the future. Podcrastinators Season 2, Episode 2. God knows how we got past Episode 1, but we got a great guest tonight, multi-talented, and I can uh, speak to that from experience, cooks great Mexican food, absolutely tick, um, does great tattoos, I've seen the video, Writes and performs stand-up comedy and is the host of the Ed Rivera podcast. Everybody, welcome to the show. Ed Rivera. Ooh. And I would just like to add, he's one of the top three Mexican comics in Auckland. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the best the best one out of all of the interest parts. Uh (laughs) Welcome, Ed. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for having me. I, I know we've we've ever since we started doing podcasting, we said, oh, we should do a, a podcast together, and it, it hasn't happened. And with this and that, lockdowns and this and that, that, that we haven't had the chance. But I'm I'm very happy to be in your podcast. Um, part of 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 of, of actually, and and I gotta be honest, the Ed Rivera podcast was born out of you guys. You know, I remember. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 first time I I I listened to your podcast, I was like, hmm, that sounds pretty. like it's something. It felt I liked the way that you were handling and then the topics that you were talking about, even though you were talking a lot of polit uh, like politics in, in New Zealand, and I'm not very familiar with it. But I was like, hmm, that's so, so that's something that I I would really like to jump into, you know, like just just get the opportunity to share my thoughts and everything. And I remember talking to 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 Darren about hey how do you do the podcast and then he said oh if you want to go to technical talk to Matt and then you gave me some pointers to start going on and that's how the Advera podcast started you know oh wow so yeah yeah no, no podcast no procrastinators no Advera podcast fantastic so, so that oh, means we've got a ratio <laughs> probably of about um one new podcast created for every like five listeners <laughs> <laughs> So that's, uh, that's really cool that. to hear. I'm in love with that. Thank you very much, Ed. And then yeah. it's funny you should say that you mentioned that every time we try and do a podcast, we have a lockdown. And then guess what happens this time? We have a lockdown. We have a lockdown. Yeah. So so we we, we, we managed to do it finally. Uh, uh, sadly, because, like, honestly, I was really looking forward for this week because we were going to have the – actually, it was the fourth and the fifth. We were going to have the American Refugees show at Saxbar and it got canceled uh, because of uh, obviously the, the the lockdown. And I was very excited to to uh, be part of, of the cast of, of the American Refugees. So, yeah, the, I think that that's one of the things that bummed me out from from this kind of thing. And then the last the first the first semi lockdown that we did, it was just for like three days. It was just to ruin my opportunity to be with the uh, Tofiga in his uh, Palmerston North show. So my wife was telling me, maybe Jacinda doesn't want you to become famous. You know, she <laughs> 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 she, 
she knows you're about to get your big break and she closes the country so you do not you're not allowed to do shit so um, yeah it's, i think it's it's becoming a pattern i hope it's not i hope i i, I fingers crossed knock, knock on wood i hope not that doesn't happen for uh the next show that i have but oh my god you never I think know you need to keep, uh, i think you need to keep me away as well because last year we had two lockdowns and they were both the week after i did my raw quest gigs and then <laughs> i haven't done i haven't done a gig for like t over 200 days now right so i finally decided two weeks ago i'm going to do a gig and we had the three-day lockdown and then this week i was meant to do a gig and we've had the week lockdown so i don't know ed i think it's me or you <laughs> yeah it's definitely one of you like there's no question <laughs> i understand what statistics is it, is what have you been doing with yourself this week ed what have you been doing with yourself this week while in lockdown? Uh, actually, I'm an essential worker. Um, Same. I'm, yeah. I'm part of I'm part of the uh, Fletcher team. I work for Fletcher's. Uh, I'm an administrator in a project that we're doing uh, water for for water care. So oh, yeah. it's kind of like a very big, important kind of job. So. Um, we have to be there and, and, and finish, deliver the job. It's, it's the last year for that project, so we're pretty excited to, to finish it off and everything. So, yeah, I had to work. Being For me, it's been a, a regular, you know, nothing changes. So, um, although I love the traffic, no traffic, I think that's, mm, yeah. that's, that's one of the things that I really enjoyed working during lockdown. You know, you it takes me 15 minutes, 20 minutes to get to my work and then come back. I It's in Hobson Bill, so... Uh, it's quite really comfortable in that part of, of that's the only thing that I could say that I, I don't mind about lockdown but other than that pretty simple started um, focusing a little bit more for my show just preparing uh, the things that I want to do and I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say it but I, I can I had, I had to a, say anything you like <laughs> No, no, no. I'm talking about. I, I had a, a a special conversation with some important people in comedy, and they're quite interested in in doing kind of like uh, something with me. So that's that's something quite quite good. That I'm very. I like. I, I don't want to point it like say who or what. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Don't. Uh, I might even. I might even. I might even edit this whole bit out just to be on the safe side. To be honest. Oh, spoiler alert. Oh, yeah, I thought you, we were going to get an exclusive. What? <laughs> you can say that that that, that I'm I'm in, I'm in talks with with someone to 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 do something quite interesting, which uh, until I sign the contract, once I sign the contract and everything, then we should we should be good good as gold to to start posting it around. And I think everybody's going to get really excited because um, it's literally something that. Uh, my favorite comedian started doing, which uh, his name is Felipe Esparza. And, and he's, a, a fun. well, there has been a few comedians in the past, but I think he's the only one at the moment that is doing comedy in English and in Spanish at the same time. Mm. So that, I think that's, that's something that it's, first of all, it's quite challenging to do it in two languages. And second of all, that it works I think that's the most impressive part because, uh, yeah. uh, you know, you, you don't, 
you don't get to do two Netflix special, one in English and one in Spanish without doing it some, some doing something good, you know? Um, and, and he's the one doing it. And, and now um, I was, that's kind of like my goal. What's to, his name again? Felipe Sparsa. Felipe cool. Sparsa. So you've basically just given away that you've got a Netflix special coming up. <laughs> I wish, I wish, I wish. Ho- hopefully that happens. I, I, that's, um, it was really funny. I, at work, we had like a health and safety meeting and we were like, uh, talking about safety, what, why would you uh, want to go or why are you so, the question was, why are you so important to your family? And I said, well, because if I die, they all get deported. <laughs> First of all, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the visa holder. So yeah, if, if, if I die, they go back home. And then uh, I still have lots of things to do, you know, and one of the things is that I, I really, my aspirations is to get a special, not necessarily on Netflix, you know, anywhere, just, just to get the opportunity to, to be and mm. performing my comedy to a bigger crowd and a bigger audience. I think that's, that's any comedian's dream, I think. Uh, so uh, it seems that I'm going in the right track at the moment. I haven't uh, diverted myself from there. So that's something that, and, and I've been playing around during this lockdown with, with that and that the wife is not here to distract me. So that, that, that also helps a little bit, you know? So uh, I think uh, in the sort of way I can kind of like see where, where it's going and, and, and what's it going to, what's it going to be? Because um, Spanish language has maybe, and not, not exaggerating, maybe a billion listeners in the yeah. Spanish language, maybe even more, maybe even less. I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure we're very close to a billion listeners in, in, in Spanish with all uh, the Latin American continent and Spain and a few other countries that also speak Spanish. I think there's more native Spanish speakers than there are English speakers, but more English people who speak English as a second language. So yeah, yeah Spanish is like the most common or second most common first language after after. Mandarin, I think. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah we're 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 in second place. Yeah, yeah. Especially, especially because you know, like, there's there's a there's a market. You know, no one has uh, explored that market that much. You know, the the biggest comedian at the moment in Spanish. His name is uh, Franco Escamilla. He's also from Mexico. He only does comedy in Spanish, and he's literally. The only one, you know, and, and he monopolized the whole business. You know, he has like five Netflix specials in, in Netflix. He has, you know, tours all over. He came actually all the way to Australia and Japan and he filled up. Oh, theater. Wow. Yeah, with 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 Spanish because there's no one, literally no one doing comedy at his level at the moment in Spanish. So I think people are very um, interested to to get that, you know, appeal for for the spanish language it's hard to make it but not impossible you know it's hard to make it but not impossible what would be cool to know ed is a bit of your backstory where you're from how you ended up in new zealand and where the whole comedy thing came from is it something you were doing previously or is that a recent thing for you no no no. it's something recently like um it's it's i've always been uh, i'll tell the backstory of my life it was 1991. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Um, 
I've always been kind of like the, I always say I've always been fat, so I'm always being funny. Um, but in a sort of way that I've always liked to be the joker in the family and everything. And never thought about, you know, being the funny guy or being a comedian, but I always wanted to, to joke around every, every time I had the chance. And the one that started pushing me doing jokes was my grandmother. Me and my mom used to travel around a lot and around Mexico, like on vacations. We would jump on a bus and, and go travel around. And <laughs> as an entertainment, uh, during the bus, they would either put movies or they would have like a karaoke session or whatever. And then there was a time where everybody would just jump on the microphone and tell jokes. And my grandmother all the time would be like, Yo, go tell a joke, go tell a joke. And I would, you know, you have this five-year-old telling adult jokes that I wouldn't understand what I was saying, but I would memorize them because I would listen to the adults saying it. And you would see, you know, this kid, you know, telling very, very adult jokes and everybody would laugh and I would just enjoy that, you know, watching everybody laugh. And, and it transformed with the years uh, that I started teaching. I became a professor. I was, uh, that's, that's my career. I, I was a professor in Mexico. And right before coming to New Zealand, like a few months before coming to New Zealand, I was about to quit the, so I used to teach at the University of Guadalajara. That's where I'm from. And I was teaching there and we had, we used to have this kind of like professors and the principals and, and the dean and everything. They would come and observe your classes and, then they will give you feedback on how you're doing and everything. And I remember I had that time I had the dean, I had uh, the principal of the university, a coordinator and two professors observing my class. And it, it, it felt to me that it went perfect. You know, the class was a perfect class and I taught it pretty good. I'm an English teacher. That's hence the good English. That's, that's what I was teaching over there in Mexico. So I remember I was like pretty confident, you know, in how what happened. And then at the very end, they would sit around and then would give, they would give me like their feedback, you know, oh, you did this good, this, this wrong and everything. And the first thing that they, the dean told me, because he was, he was the first one to have a go at me. He said, professor, I have to tell you something. I loved your class. It was pretty good. I loved how you teach the English. You don't teach us as a subject. You teach us a cultural part. I really like you and you had your students engaged and blah, 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 blah. But I have one complaint. And I was like, oh, I was like, shit, what? You know, this, this, is the, this is the boss of the bosses. You know, he was the, he was the big guy, you know. So I was like, shit, now what's going to happen? I, I, like, I, I can't have a bad, you know, whatever. So he's like, this is not a stand-up comedy show. He tells me that. And I was like, what? what I was like, fuck? yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he, this is not a stand-up show. And I was like, I, I don't understand. And I was like, I like that you make the students laugh, but you're making them laugh all the time. So I think that they can, they might either misinterpret your education or they will not pay attention just because they're laughing, you know? Which is fine, like he said. I, I don't have any problem against making the students laugh and 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 making them engaged into your class. 
but you're overdoing it. You're making just laugh and laugh and laugh. And and, and at some point that's going to be, uh, it's going to backfire to you. And he left. And that word st stuck, you know, like it was like, stand up. Why would he like stand up? Should I be a comedian? No. <laughs> you know, like I couldn't stop thinking about the stand up word. Yeah. And at that time, my my wife, she was my student. Hang on a minute. Hang on. <laughs> That's not the reason why. I Is this why you fled? <laughs> is, is there a backstory here you want to tell us about? <laughs> Please do not Google my name. Um, <laughs> don't 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 put Ed Rivera Mexico because you're gonna well, have. Uh, put the link in the show. Uh, I don't want the Let's cancel see. culture to get caught up over here. Now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no she was uh i was i was uh, i wasn't a primary school teacher i like i said i was a university teacher uh she was all, all, almost my age uh, she was studying a second career and we met there she was my student and everything and and i remember i told her that she was my girlfriend at the time i was like the, the dean said that i should do stand-up comedy and she laughed and she's like well you it's because you're so funny you know you're all the time making people laugh and and maybe maybe that's why he told you that but yeah you shouldn't do that a lot because then people are not going to respect you <laughs> and i was like all right so anyway fast forward i see one time on facebook that there was this country called new zealand that was giving away um working holiday visas to this point i thought new zealand was part of uh London. I really genuinely thought that it was part of Great Britain. You know, it was one of the islands there. Never thought that, you know, I, I went, I applied for the working holiday visa. I got it. I was very excited and I was having a conversation with a professor and I said, I can't wait to go to London. <laughs> and because I'm a big Beatles fan and yeah. I love the Beatles. So I was like, oh, I'm going to go to Abbey Road and, you know, take photos in Penny Lane and I'm going to do the Liverpool tour and all this, blah, blah, blah. And he let me, he, he, he let me go for like 15 minutes nonstop <laughs> about, you know, talking about England and blah, blah, blah. And, that. <laughs> and then I finished telling the story about how I'm going to end my time in New Zealand. And then he, he tells me, do you really know where New Zealand is, right? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it's like an island, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But do you know where it really is? And I was like, well, it's part of the European, you know, like European <laughs> thingy, you know, like between Paris and France and, and Great Britain and... <laughs> He looks at me and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And I'm like, no. He pulls out his cell phone. He goes to Google Maps and he shows me the island, but he only shows me the island. And I say, I looked at it and I was like, yeah, see, it's an island. And there's like, make it small. So I go and make the, you know, with the cell phone, make it smaller. And I was like, oh my God. It's under Australia. And he started cracking up, and then I was like, oh, man, you're so fucked. And, and I was like, I, 
why? You know, like, why no one told me that it, this thing was under Australia, you know, blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> I even learned a uh, professor of geography then. At least, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, <laughs> my friend tells me, so what are you going to do in the end? Are you going to go? And I was like, well, you already have the visa, you know. So might as well give it a try, go see how the country is, and you know, maybe I'll come back in a year, you know. And I came to New Zealand, but I didn't have a, a an American visa at that time. So I had to fly from Guadalajara to Mexico City, from Mexico City to Peru, from Peru to Chile, to Chile, to Argentina, from Argentina to New Zealand. What? It took me a week to get That's here. Insane. It took me a week to get here. And <laughs> finally I got here. And, you know, it, it felt because I lived in Canada for a while as well. I, I lived in Vancouver for a few months. And then I moved to a city called Calgary and I stayed there for two years. And, and I was like, oh, this is very similar. You know, if it gave me the vibe of like, this is very, very similar. But then I started working in construction straight away. That's one of the things that I started doing straight away. Um, I, and I don't know, it, it felt, I felt really comfortable, you know, like working with the boys and working in construction and everything. And a lot of funny things started happening to me, like really, really funny situations between, because I wasn't this fat. I was a little bit skinnier. That's easy. So I, I got fat when I came I here and I really got really fat. Yeah, I changed. I changed it. I always say I changed the tacos for the, the food. Pie, is good. You know? I, I, that's, that's the worst thing you can do. And oh man, and and it's 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 very heavy on carbs. Like like carbs are really heavy here. So I started getting fatter, and I started noticing that I looked a lot like the people <laughs> from around here. You know, like with the Polynesian culture and having a lot of funny situations with them and everything. And I started, like, I, I got to a point that I felt very accepted. It was so weird, you know, well, it was so weird that I felt really accepted, especially with the Polynesian culture. It doesn't matter where they were from, whether they were Maori, Samoan, Stongans, whatever. It was, it was just something very similar to the Mexican culture as well, to the point. And I remember telling my, at that time, girlfriend, and says, hey, do you know you should give it a try, come here, come down here and, and, and see if you like it. And then if, if you like it, then we can decide if we stay or whatever. And right before she came, um, <laughs> I was living in a illegal house in Mount Albert. Wow. Uh, there were 60 people in one house. Yeah, only Europeans. It was uh, owned by a Chinese lady, of course. Um, they were, everybody was European. I was the only, uh, Latin American in the whole crowd. And I remember it was, it was an insane house. They, they would have parties every day, you know, like destructions and everything. And one time we, one guy was apparently a DJ and he had like, like his setup for DJ and everything, and decided to do a karaoke. And I started singing, and everybody started to get drunk, and we started singing and everything. 
And then by the end of the night, uh, one of the guys was just telling jokes, you know, like just joking around. And then I said, oh, I know a joke. And I got in front and, and I started telling jokes in front of them and everybody was laughing. And I was like, hmm, you know, like maybe, maybe I can try this. And one of the guys said, hey, there's a comedy bar called The Classic here in Auckland and they do open mics. You should go give it a try. And I was like, all right, I'll give it a try. So I remember I sent um, an email to to Scott and say, hey, I want a chance on the open mic. And he said, yes. He said, prepare six minutes, blah, blah. And I, <laughs> I invited the whole house. So <laughs> we had the classic. It was freaking full, you know, 60 people. That's a big crowd to invite, you know, and everybody wanted to come and see me. So I told them, if I'm not funny, just laugh, you know, like, <laughs> help me out, <laughs> you know, be, be supportive. But I don't know. I think it was, uh, I went with the full Mexican stuff, like being, talking about, you know, uh, I'm legally here. I, I couldn't jump the border, all those jokes that I'm very comfortable with. And everybody liked it because apparently there was only one other Mexican comedian and she's a female. So at that time, uh, it was only Tina Gonzalez and myself doing comedy. So it was like I I I, loved, I, I, I fell in love with the rush. You know, it was it was it was if uh, uh, it, it felt like I was teaching again, you know, I, I felt like that. And I said, you know what, I'm gonna continue doing it. So I continue appearing a few times in the classic, and then, um, where was? What did I do? Other, I think it was another bar I went. I remember, but I did a few other bars. And then at my wife, my at that time girlfriend came. We focused and started working and saving up to get married. So I stopped doing comedy for a while. We go to Mexico, we get married. And then we come back. And in that process of, of uh, when she came back and everything, she got pregnant. So I, I, I wasn't able to do any comedy, but I, I, I was all the time having these funny situations happening to me. And, and I didn't stop writing them and, and kind of like, you know, maybe I can go back some someday, you know, give it a try. And in 2019, my wife already gave birth to my son and everything. So the baby was a few months old and... Her parents, her mom was here and then my parents came over. So we had like a lot of help. So I said to her, I was like, hey, can can I go back, you know, give it a try? I know I know you're we have a, a very young baby, but can can I at least try once a week, you know, just jump on the stage and everything? She said, yes. Perfect. So I did it. I went uh, to to I think my first show was at the Thirsty Dog. Thirsty Dog, I think that was that was one of the first ones that I did in 2019. And same, I went with the full Mexican stuff, you know, like just just being secure and and and, and I didn't try anything new and, and it was just you know general jokes about Mexicans and, and and being Mexican and blah blah blah. And I I I fell in love again, you know. Everybody left, I didn't bomb, and. <laughs> It became it became a habit, you know. Once a week, I would I would go to the Thirsty Dog and do a show there, or 
or um, a few other bars in Cave Road. And then I went back to the classic as well. And it just got to a point that I was doing two, three gigs a week, two, three weeks a gig, two, three weeks a gig, a week, sorry. <laughs> and I don't know how, but, um, um, well, actually I know how. Tina started doing something that is called Spanglish, which is she started doing some uh, open mic and open shows in Auckland in Spanish. And I, I, I've done comedy in Spanish before when I was a professor and, 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 uh, and before being a professor, I participated when I was studying my career, you know, a lot of uh, poet, um, slam poetry and that kind of, just to prepare yourself to talk in public and blah, blah, blah. So I went and did a show in Spanish. Tina, I remember told me, she said, hey, can you do 10 minutes? And I was like, yeah, I think I, I can do 10 minutes in Spanish. And I felt so comfortable. So comfortable because comedy in Spanish is very different to comedy in English, you know, and, 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 and obviously I'm, I speak a very good English, but I, th I always say if I'm bombing in English, as I usually hear my jokes in Spanish, I'm way funnier in Spanish, you know, <laughs> and, and I started, you know, I started, I started, it was, I, I was uh, the success of the night, you know, everybody was just like, wow, this guy, you know. And it was like kind of like the first time that someone bought me a drink and I'm like, oh, you are so funny. Let me get you a drink and this and that. And, and I was like, oh, I like the Spanish thing. So then she did a few other shows in Spanish and I was able to do more time and this and that, you know, like 20 minutes. And then I did another one in 15 minutes and it was pretty cool. And then we wanted to go to Mexico and to before 2020 for Christmas. And I remember I said, my wife wanted to go earlier. So I said to her, when do you want to go? She said, I want to go in November and then stay November, December, and then come back and, and uh, by the end of January. And I was like, oh, you want to go for three months over there? And I said to her, I can't do that because I'm, I'm working. You know, I only have a, a, like, they gave me like a few weeks off from work. So anyway, to make the story short, um, she goes first. And I, I said to her, hey, can I spend a few days in the States to, to visit my family? I said that to her, you know, but my plan was to do a few shows. <laughs> yeah. And she was like, yeah, yeah, if you want to visit your uncles and your aunts, and it, which I did, I visited them. But, you know, like the main goal was to get shows uh, over there in the States. So I said, you know, let's do it. I'm going to start emailing people. I'm going to start sending, you know, see if there's an open mic or whatever. And I, I contacted a, a lot of bars in San Francisco. I contacted a lot of bars in, in Nevada. A, a lot of them gave me dates, but they were giving me dates that I wasn't going to be there. And I said, oh, no, I'm just going to be this day and this day in, in San Francisco. I cannot do those days and blah blah so they were like okay okay we can wow. do this date and anyway i ended up getting like four gigs around wow that's cool and and i said <laughs> well i already got the states why not give it a try in mexico you know i'm going already to my hometown so why not do something in comedy in spanish you know and and, and i already feel really comfortable so i emailed this guy he's 
some somewhat famous in the comedy industry in, in, in my hometown. And I said to him, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to Mexico. I'm going to be there for a few weeks. Is there a chance to jump on a show or whatever? I wouldn't mind. Like, you don't have, I like, I, I don't need to get paid. I just want to, you know, get the, the spotlight, you know, just, just get, get. I don't know how he misinterpreted or what happened in between the messages that he thought that I wanted to do a full show in a theater. Wow. And he got it for me. Wow. And he, I remember the email. I, I shed my pants when I read the email because his, um, uh, he, he says, okay, leave it to me. I'll, I'll contact you in a week. Okay. <laughs> I get the email and the email said, Hey, uh, good luck. I was able to get you a show and blah, blah. And I was like, Oh, I'll get you a show, this and that. And then he said, You're going to be at La Vaca de Troya. La Vaca de Troya in, in my hometown is like the classic kind of thing, but it's bigger, a little bit bigger. You can sit <laughs> maybe 200, 300 people around something like that. And it's like a lot of pro comedians present themselves there. So they're like very big names in comedy. They present them, themselves in, 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 in that place. And then I was like, oh, so so who's, who's going to be in the show? And he answers back, you. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, 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 no, me, but who else? And I was like, oh, I can get you an opener, don't worry. And then I was like, an opener? Um, I said, to open what? <laughs> you know, I was like, <laughs> like, what are you talking about? What, what, what's going on? And then he said, oh, well, I got you. He got me a Friday night. Oh. Friday night on, that's like on, on, on December, which is Christmas time, which is comedy shows, they go crazy at that time. And then he was selling the tickets for, the equivalent of ten dollars, yeah, kind of thing. So I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" I'm, 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 I like, I just wanted to to jump on a show. Like, I, like, I, I, I can't. And he's like, "Oh, well, I already booked it." And I was like, "So what are you talking about?" And he's like, "Well, you have to do a two-hour show now." Two hours. Two hours. Fuck. And I was like, "You're, you're joking, right?" And he's like, no, send me all the flyers, send me everything and this and that. And, and I was like, okay. I, I remember telling one of my friends and he was like, well, we'll buy tickets and go see you. Don't worry. And I'm like, it's not about the tickets. It's, it's two hours. Like, you don't understand it's two hours. And and I, I, I remember I talked to a few comedians. Uh, I remember I talked to uh, Stephen Lyons. Had a word with him about it. And I was like, hey, Steve, this happened. And, and he was like, well, yeah. you better start writing now, you know, and better start preparing yourself because if you already talked about it and you have to do it, then just go for it. You know? And the, the only advantage that you have is that you are in your hometown. You are at least half of the audience. I'm pretty sure they're going to be friends and family. Uh, so you're going to have like, kind of like the advantage of that situation. So take it. So he kind of <laughs> like calmed me down and I was like, yeah, I can do it. I can do it. You know, I felt like super comfortable. 
I get to the States and my confidence goes to hell because my first show in San Francisco is the worst show I've ever had in my life. Oh. Because I went full Mexican and my jokes. And everybody was like, <laughs> yeah, motherfucker, half of us are Mexican. Like, what you're talking about? <laughs> you know, they, 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 they already knew the jokes. You know, they already been to those situations. You know, they, they were the only thing that they laughed about a little bit was when I said, oh, I cannot <laughs> jump the border and those kind of things. They were like, oh, OK, well, this is fat, you know. But that was it. The rest <laughs> of the show, I didn't have like people were not laughing. People were very like, hmm, whatever. So I changed. I, I was like, oh, my God, if this is happening, I can't believe it. Blah, blah, blah. So my second show in San Francisco. I said, fuck it, I'm not going to go to win Mexican. I'm going to go talk about my stuff you know like the things that happened to me and it went perfect people were laughing you know i talked about you know being fat that that's one of the strongest ones but before of the comedy that i do right now before i used to do like a lot of noises i used to do a lot of beatboxing i used to do a lot of faces a lot of like and that night i was confused by gabriel iglesias by a drunk guy a, a, a very drunk guy I used to wear a lot of Hawaiian shirts. So so I really looked like Gabriel Iglesias and he's well basically the biggest comedian at the moment in 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 in, in that kind of sort of industry. And I said, I don't want to be the guy that everybody tells me, hey fluffy, you know, hey, you look like fluffy, Gabriel Iglesias, fluffy, fluffy. <laughs> so that was an okay show. I went to Nevada. I did a show there. <laughs> I did a show at a racist bar. That was pretty cool. Wow. Uh, it was a old whites bar. Um, the MC had the wonderful. I think I'm already telling all my life. That's that's okay with the podcast, or no, no, it's just quality material. I don't want to sound like oh, now it's Ed just talking <laughs> about his, his, his therapy. Um, but anyway, I, I get to this bar and, and my cousin didn't enter to the bar and I didn't understand why. You know, he said he dropped me off and he left. And I was like, what a dick move. Why you want to, you, know, you should come and at least support me, you know? So anyway, I go into the bar and stupid me again. I confused the Confederate <laughs> flag with the Iron Maiden flag. <laughs> I don't know why, but I confused it. I, I thought, oh, they must like Iron Maiden because you know, they had heavy rock and roll in, in the speakers. And then I asked to the bartender, and like, hey, uh, I'm looking for for the MC. And he's like, oh, he hasn't arrived. And I said, like, oh, okay. And he's like, are you a comedian? And I'm like, yeah. And he started laughing. And I was like, okay, well, <laughs> at least the bartender is laughing since the beginning of the show, you know, that's pretty cool. <laughs> And I asked for a beer and I was drinking the beer and everything. And I, and I said, I said right, I'm going to go to the toilet. So at the very end of the bar, they had like a, a pool, a few pool tables. And there were a lot of biker looking guys, you know, like very, I felt like Sons of Anarchy kind of vibe situation, you know. <laughs> so I get into the toilet, I take a piss, you know, get out of the toilet. And I'm looking at the bar and I'm like, this is a, an interesting bar and I was looking at the guys, you know, playing the pool and everything. And I don't know why, but you know how bars have like a lot of pictures or, or photographs or posters. And so I, I looked into the photographs and they had like like a lot of old, old, old 
photographs of like kind of like war you know like kind of like war with with guys with 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 the musket you know and that kind of stuff and i started looking at the photos and i'm like oh this is like the civil war kind of thing and i was like oh yeah and then i remember i looking all the way to the corner bottom part like the very very bottom of the corner there was a kkk group oh, burning oh, across oh my god oh what and i looked at it and i was like okay i'm in the wrong place now you know like my 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 you know my brain was like get the hell out of here so i was about to leave and then i see the mc coming in and uh, she's like oh welcome and it's like are you sure you want me to perform here and he's like yeah you'll be fine it's something to make a difference and blah 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 and i'm like yeah but you're not the one getting shot like <laughs> <laughs> And I'm a very easy target to shoot at, you know. It's not like I'm skinny enough to 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 you know to dodge the bo- the bullets. So anyway, while we were having a conversation, this African American comedian enters. The whole bar went silent. Boom. And I was like, oh, okay. So what's gonna happen now? You know. Show goes on. MC gets on the stage, starts talking. The guys that were playing pool stopped playing pool. They got into their stools, ready to enjoy the show. First, white comedian, normal. You know, he was telling his jokes. Second, white comedian, normal, telling his jokes. Pretty good jokes, pretty good material. Third comedian, the African-American guy. His name was Jerome. And he was funny. He was incredibly funny. He was trying to imitate and sound like Chris Rock. So he, he was genuinely funny. But I, re- I remember being in the crowd and I was just like that. And at the moment he grabbed the microphone and he, he went off, I laughed. You know, I laughed because he was very funny stuff that he came up with, you know. But nobody was laughing. Everybody was just like this, you know. Fuck. And I was like, okay, so no laughing. Complete <laughs> <laughs> silence. So I stayed silent. The guy gets off the stage and leaves the bar, of course. And then the MC looks at me and he's like, you're next. And I'm like, come on, man. You cannot have me next. Uh, like, after you killed the whole freaking bar, you know, like, all right. Like, I said, that's it. That's. So I thought two things. I either can tell my jokes that I usually say and, you know, go with my gut and whatever. Or I can say the jokes that I would never dare to say in public. (laughs) You know those jokes that you're not supposed to say that you only say with the very best of your friends and you know they're not going to tell anybody that you know that joke? (laughs) (laughs) So I said, fuck it. I'm going to go. And so I get on the stage and the first thing I said, my name is Rivera. Don't worry, guys. I'm leaving the country tomorrow. <laughs> and as soon as I said that, they started laughing. They they crack up. And as I and I and I went like who invited the the, the the this black guy, you know? And I and I went right full racist, you know, full racist with my people and and, and with black people. And I remember say because in the, in the 80s and 90s there was a huge culture of blacks and Mexicans fighting each other, especially in the gang situation. So I said, 
I miss those days where you were allowed to kill black people and nobody would care, you know, and they were just like, whoa! I get off the stage and this guy comes up to me. He, I remember because he's such a vivid image, you know, he's, he's wearing his vest, you know, his, 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 his vest and, and he has long beard, old dude with a very, very Texan Southern kind of accent and tells me, I got to tell you something, you're the funnest beaner I've ever met in my life. <laughs> And I was like, thank you, thank you, thank you. I said to God, bro, you wetbacks are goddamn funny and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. I'm very happy that you liked it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, man, that fucker. And then he just went off against the black guy. Yeah. And and I was like, yeah, whatever you say. Yeah, as long as you let me go through that door and leave the country, I'm happy, you know? <laughs> And I don't know. It was. It's. I think it's uh, to to this day is the weirdest gig I've ever had in my life. And especially because that was 2019. You know, it's not that wasn't uh, 30, 40 years ago. This was a few years, ago, like yeah. literally two years ago. Yeah. That's America for you. <laughs> and and it gave me kind of like the confidence of like I can do the show in Spanish. You know that like I got I got to the plane, went to Mexico, and I had a full bar. I don't know. The, the everybody went nuts and 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 bought tickets and people tell their told their friends. So I had a full bar, which was like maybe more than more than two hundred people, something like that. A full place, and I did a two-hour show. I, I don't know how I managed to do two hours, but I did it, and and it felt really nice because I was doing uh, my two hours, and then I, I finished it off. And people were like, "Hey, tell us another one, you know, tell us another." I was like, "Wow, this, this, <laughs> the, like, that felt really amazing, you know, like, like people were asking for for another one." And and to this day, I, I'm like, that gave me the confidence of like, okay, this is what I want to do, you know, this is this. I think I'm in the right track. After that gig, I said, and then when I come back and boom, lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> It's an interesting question, Ed. Um, which would, which country would you say is your favorite that you perform comedy in? The states. Yeah, I gotta tell you something, and and this is nothing against uh, the Kiwi people or the 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 people from New Zealand. Kiwis are such a nice. They're too nice, in my opinion. So I still struggle when I have an audience that is very white. Because, like, for example, in my case, a lot of my comedy here in New Zealand, obviously, I cannot, I can't do the same jokes in the states, saying that I, I look like a Polynesian. Because maybe depending where the, where I'm at, they know Polynesians in the states, but not fully as here. And my jokes with Polynesians are, I know that they're really good because I've said them in front of Polynesians, and they love that, you know. But the problem is that if I said in a very white crowd, people go like. Are we allowed mm. to laugh? Should we laugh? Yeah. You know, they kind of like, and you can see them like looking around to see if there's so there's someone else laughing, so they can laugh. You know, because there's 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 still like can like I don't know if like we should laugh. Like my last show at the classic, I don't know who brought them, but it was literally the table right in front of me, 
were all Samoans, I think, or Tongans or something. And I saw them and I'm like, this is the place where I'm going to say my stuff. I don't care. I didn't care about the whole audience. You know, I saw this <laughs> table right in front of me. And I said, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to joke about you guys, you know, and I went off, you know, uh, one of my, my most uh, common jokes. And I think a lot of people knows it is that when I first got to New Zealand, one of the nicknames that they boys put me in the construction, they call me Kefe. Now, Kefe is a very bad word in the Samoan <laughs> language, right? Yeah. But for me, it sounded like Jefe, which is the Spanish word yeah. for boss. <laughs> so I thought the boys were calling me boss, you know? And, and, and when I said that joke, the, the, like the, 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 this table that I had in front, they just burst. <laughs> they, they were like, oh my God, so ha, ha, ha. You know, they were laughing. It's, and a, body they it's a body crazy. part, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So, so they were, they, they were really, really, really laughing, you know, they, 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 and if I go and say it in front of a crowd that it, they're white, you can see that they want to laugh because anybody from New Zealand knows that word, but they're like, should we laugh? Should we not laugh? And in the States, nobody cares. Yeah. Nobody yeah. cares. Everybody's self-entitled. You know, everybody feels like ah, you can do whatever the frick you want, you know. So you, I feel more. And obviously references. Like if I say like one of the jokes that I have a lot that I say is that, oh, there's not many Mexicans in New Zealand. And the reason is because you got shitty lawns. <laughs> if they if people don't know that Mexicans are gardeners in the States, you know, which is a very common work for us. Some people get the joke. Some people don't get the joke, so kind of like, you know, like I, I went in Hamilton last, uh, I think it was a month ago, or maybe more than a month ago. I did a show in Hamilton. And instead of saying loans, I said drugs. And they loved it, you know, because uh, apparently Hamilton has a drug problem. But yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. So, so, and, and I started joking about, you know, the drugs and everything, and, and people kind of like felt a little bit more comfortable in that area but uh, yeah i still struggle a little bit with new zealand in 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 the crowd kind of wise if it's a very white crowd or that my jokes are too dark and some ways like beating your kids and all those kind of situations where i joke and i'm like mm, should we laugh should not be laughing you know kind of like so i still i think new zealand still amazes me because I've seen comedians that they have this kind of topics that are pretty strong, you know, and people laugh about it. And you're like, wow, that's a very strong topic to, to mention, but you're laughing. And then if I come with race, you don't laugh, you know, like where does, I don't know. I think it's still a very delicate topic here in, in, in New Zealand, the, the race word, you know, kind of. I think, yeah, I think Australia would be an interesting place for you to do a gig. Yeah, they they're all racist there. So uh... <laughs> yeah, I've done, I've done one or two little spots with Australian crowds, and you can get away with a hell of a lot more. I must admit, I've got yeah, a yeah. um, I have got I work with quite a lot of Pacifica people. Um, got quite a few Pacifica friends, and I've got a, about six or seven jokes now saved up for if they ever actually turn up and see me. <laughs> Well, I'll do yeah. them just for them because I know they'll laugh and they'll like it, but I wouldn't do it otherwise because people would think that people would be too worried. 
I'm like, I'm like, yeah, and 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 it, it it it's the same in Spanish. Like I've been doing a lot of Spanish. I decided to this year. I said, you know what? I'm because a friend of mine told me, hey, Ed, why don't you do something Spanish? He mentioned it to me, and I said, uh, oh, I, I I even mentioned, oh, that's this China's job, you know, China. Gina Gonzalez is the one that likes to do a lot of the Spanish gigs and everything. And my friend told me, yeah, but she's not doing nothing at the moment. You should give it a try and do something in Spanish, you know, and blah, 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 blah. So I gave it a, like a lot, a lot of thought. Like in January, I was like, mm, maybe yes, maybe not. And then this last month, it blew up. I wasn't expecting it to have this, like this amount of love, you know, like this amount of people following because, when we first did the shows with China, we didn't have a like big crowds. We had we had a few big crowds, but nothing like this times that I've been doing it just went insane. You know, like I remember I posted on a group because here people Latinos they manage themselves with groups in Facebook. So I posted it in a it's called Latinos in in Auckland. And I said, hey, guys, if I do a show in Spanish, would you guys would like to come? Are you interested? Like, uh, obviously, I would invite more comedians or whatever, not just myself or blah, blah, blah. And it got a lot of likes and a lot of commentary. Like, people are like, yeah, let us know when you're doing it. We'll come and everything. And I was like, all right. And I remember I took a screenshot and I sent it to Scott uh, from the Classic. And I told him, hey, this could be something, you know, worth looking into you know because we can i'm pretty sure we can get a place packed you know with 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 a decent amount of people and i said that to him and he's like i'm a little bit busy with the french festival coming up and blah blah, blah. I said, okay well we'll leave it like that and then between that conversation i got a message from a guy from argentine his name is sebastian and he's like hey would you mind coming to waiheke and I was like, I've I've been in New Zealand for four years and I've never been to Waiheke in my life. Did you ask him if it was an island off London? I told him I told him oh, I don't like the South. I don't like you know, <laughs> I don't like South Auckland. Um so anyway, he, he tells me, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll organize the event for you to just come and do your show. And now I was like, what kind of show you want to do? And I was like, oh, yeah, just you. And I'm like, oh, I, don't, I don't think anybody's going to know me over there. You're like, I, I wouldn't trust that, you know, like, uh, I, and I just posted this thing. Like, it's not, not, like, I don't think I'm famous enough to say, hey, let's do a show for myself in Waiheke, you know? especially in Waiheke. So long story short, he's like, all right, well, we, we can invite two other three comedians if you want, then I'll pay for the ferry and blah, 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 and I'll give you some food and see if it works, blah, blah. Yeah, well, okay. So I, told, I obviously gave the name of China. I told him she's, she's, uh, she's a pro. You know, she's the one that everybody knows, and I'm pretty sure she would love to come to, to the show. So she accepted and it was China, it was another Argentinian fellow friend of him and another girl. And they were doing, she was doing, China did 20 minutes. Um, the other guy did like 10, 15 minutes. The other girl same, 10, 15 minutes. And I did an hour, an hour show. Wow. And 
I was shocked because that was a Wednesday. First of all, a Wednesday. Yeah. When he told me Wednesday, I was like, mm, Wednesday? It's up to you, you know? That day I had a show at the Garnet Station. So I was like, Garnet Station, sorry, at the corner store. So I told him, hey, I'm going to go do the corner store and then I'll jump on the ferry and, and get to you guys. And say, oh, you, you'll be perfect. So I went, I did the show at the um, corner store with, with Brendan. Was a, that was the first time I met Brendan. Imagine it was like, I was, it was uh, quite, quite funny because I've, I've been doing comedy for a while and it was a, my first time meeting uh, Brendan Love Girl. So it was kind of sad that I had to leave at the, at the same right away. So anyway. I get to Waiheke, we go into the place, and it was this, uh, I was joking with my friends because it's, it's called Palm Beach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I said, hey, I, I told them we're going to make it, you know, I'm doing a show in Palm Beach, baby. <laughs> yeah, I've been to Palm Beach in Waiheke, it's not cool. Yeah. Different Palm Beach, but, but yeah, it's, 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 we're, make, we're, we're, we're getting closer. Yeah. <laughs> And I get to the, to the, it was a, a hotel spa and they have this like conference area kind of theater. Yeah. There were like 120 people. Wow. Like, wow. I was like, Jesus Christ. It's like, I wasn't expecting it to be this much. So comedians, the other show, I get on, I do my hour, went perfectly. And the guy tells me, you want to do it next week? <laughs> I was like, let them breathe. Give them, give them a rest. You know, give them a rest. I'll, I'm because I, I was thinking already to do a show in, in 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 Auckland, and I said I'll do my show in Auckland, and then we'll do your show in Waiheke again. And he's like, perfect. So I contacted the Dogs Bollocks uh, to do the show there, and I think they didn't believe me when I told them. I think a lot of people are gonna come. I told them because I said how many chairs do you have? And he said, oh, we have 50. And then we have another 50 inside that we can use. And I told the guys, like, I think you're going to use all of them. And he was like, nah, no one's going to like, it's a Thursday, you know? But I told him, I'm not going to charge. Like, it's going to be a free event. I just want to give it a tryout and see if, because the problem with Latinos, and this is knowing my culture and knowing my people, we're the kind of people that say, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I'll come. And we don't show up. Yeah. Yeah, we do that. Or we show up very late. You know, so <laughs> I, I was like, it's a Thursday. Let's do it free. You know, if I hope the the guys from the Dogs Polic make some money, you know, blah, blah, blah. It was, the show was supposed to start around eight o'clock. I arrived there at seven o'clock just to make sure everything was ready. And if they needed any hand to move around chairs or whatever, there were people already there. And I was like, well, this is not very common for a Latina to be on time. Yeah. Well, it turns out they were Kiwi, but they spoke Spanish. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, apparently they, they were, they were there from New Zealand. Uh, lovely people. They were, it was a couple from, from New Zealand, but um, they, lived for a few years in Mexico so they spoke really good Spanish and they were very happy to see a Spanish comedy you know anyway and we had 130 people show show up to the bollocks the guy had to call more people to come in to help him at the park because he was he was just selling a lot we had to close the door 
because people were still arriving and we didn't have where to sit them. I remember telling a lot of people, hey, there's no more seats. And they're like, that's all right. We'll see the show standing up. And you're like, oh, okay, well, that's a two-hour show standing up. Are you sure? Yeah, it's all right. We'll stand it up. Okay, well, come on in. And we did the show. I did same. Uh, that time we had Eddie Rodriguez. He did. He was the MC of the night. He did like 20 minutes and then presented the other shows. Uh, we had a girl from Spain a girl from Chile and a guy from Argentina. And then myself, I did like an, an hour and a half show. It became insane. You know, now Spanish, just everybody's just waiting. I receive messages every day when for people telling me, hey, when is the next show in Spanish? You know, cause we, we really want to come. We, we really want to uh, jump in. So I'm looking right now at the moment to see if I'm lucky enough to get a theater uh, to, to kiss. I know with time and planning, I can get a, a, at least 200 people in a place. I, I can easily, you know, I can. And plus, people really love the show. Like, they have been liking the show a lot. So I'm, I'm seeing, I, I want to see if I can get the, uh, what's it called, the Q Theater? Mm -hmm. Yes, the Q, yeah, that's a great theater. Yeah, I, th I think that's that's one that I want to, and I want to present the, The name of the show is called Ese Wey Pares Isleño, which it translates to That Dude Looks Like an Islander. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to work that one. <laughs> yeah, and people lo love it. You know, people, it, it was so funny because it happens to me all the time and, and, and it helps a lot for the gag. Because um, when we were doing the show at the Dogs Bollocks, because I was already there, people thought I was, you know, the security guard for the night. <laughs> And especially because like the, the 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 photos that you know like all the all the photos that I took and the posters that I do I'm wearing like the gardener and I'm wearing my you know my my Texan you know I look very Mexican kind of thing you know so uh, the moment that you see a guy with you know with the with the man bun and all in black just standing like that with the tattoos you're like oh this guy is the security of the night you know. <laughs> And it's it's funny because they come up to me and they start speaking English to me because they don't think I speak Spanish. So I it's it's just pure comedy. A lot of material comes out from those situations, you know. Like they start, and some of them they don't even speak good English, and I let I literally <laughs> just let them speak English to me just just for the fun of it. And then when and then you once them in Spanish, yeah, and, 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 once, and, and once they finish saying whatever they wanted, I say, oh, yeah, and I answer in Spanish, and like, and their face is like, what? You know, um, it's it's actually one of my jokes. You know, a lot of people think that uh, I'm the visa holder, which is true. I'm the visa holder, and my wife is a Mexican that got married to get the visa. You know, so <laughs> so it, it kind of jokes in that sort of way, which is true. You know. <laughs> But but it's we joke a lot about that. So yeah, I think as long as they don't open the borders, comedy in Spanish is gonna get really big in New Zealand because there's no one coming in, no one coming out, you know. And and people are getting very homesick. I think that's one of the mm. main things that it's helping a lot the Spanish community kind of thing, you know, because people are really really homesick, like big time. Big, big time. That's one of the things that everybody tells me. I was like, oh, a few of the guys that I, when I did the show, we, they were saying goodbye and everything. They're like, oh man, you, you made me, you know, I, I remember my, 
you remind me of my uncle at the party. <laughs> you know, you you look exact. You look exactly like one of my best friends. Oh, you made me remember my hometown. You made you know. In this times, you know, that people kind of like need that, you know. Mm, so totally, totally. That's awesome. So going back a bit to your gig in uh, Waikiki, um, was that in Spanish? Yeah. So there's 150 odd Spanish-speaking people in Waikiki. Actually, China did a joke that I really love. I think it was a brilliant joke. I, I really, I was, I was laughing my ass off because um, the majority of the Spanish speakers in Waiheke are Argentinians. Mm. So she did a joke about uh, they took I can already... the yes. Falklands. They, they, they took the Falklands of us. <laughs> we take Waiheke from them, you know, something like that. <laughs> yes. And I think it was a brilliant joke. That's I a brilliant a... joke. Malvinas, Argentinas. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, um, I spent quite a lot yeah. of time in Argentina, and I used to wear a. Uh, I, I got a badge after I'd been there a few days. I got a little enamel pin, which says uh, Malvinas Argentinas on it, and I used to wear <laughs> it. And then when they found out I was English, they'd be amazed, because literally in Argentina, you go round and there'll be, um, you go like to a party or something like that around someone's house, and um, you're going to the kitchen. People will be talking about politics and stuff, and then if they don't think there's any British people around, they'll be like start talking about the Falklands and how uh, strongly they feel about it. And then as soon as a British person walks in, they'll stop talking about that and they change the subject because they don't want to be rude, <laughs> but they feel really strongly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they are would have loved very, that joke. They're, they're <laughs> yeah. very, very delicate with that yes. topic. Like, uh, I, I honestly didn't know much about that because sadly, the, the, there's a huge beef between Mexicans and the rest of Latin America. Yes. <laughs> because we are, we're basically, we used to be the biggest continent, country of all Latin America before we lost California, Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, all of those huge <laughs> yeah. states. We were the biggest, you know, at some point. And then we were the richest at some point, you know. And and then everything that becomes famous in Spanish has to go through Mexico to get kind of like the seal of approval. So a lot of the uh, Argentinian actresses, Argentinian music, Chilean music, anything that has kind of sort of way related to the arts, if you make it in Mexico, you're good as gold. You know, you, you, you got your life set you know it's because it's uh, we're uh, mexico's obviously the most populated of all latin america well we obviously we don't consider uh brazil no. to be latin no. america because they speak portuguese but I can't, um, yeah. the rest of latin america combined they don't get plus you got all the mexicans in the states and in canada so that makes us an even bigger number you know yeah. Um, last, last time I checked, I think there's 35 or 45 million Mexicans in the States. That's the thing, isn't it? You're basically, Mexicans are, ironically, are basically the Americans of the Spanish-speaking world. Yep. Yep. And it's it's so funny because uh, my wife, she doesn't speak English. She's learning at the moment uh, to speak English. And she'd never been to the States before. And when we went back the first time to Mexico, we went through Houston so we had like a full day in Houston, Texas, and I told my wife, hey, why don't we go around, look around to the malls, you know, just go sightseeing before our flight. And she's like, yeah, perfect. And we went to this huge mall in, in, in Houston, and she was just amazed. She was like, 
oh my god this is huge and wow and this and that and and then she went into the stores and she looked at me and she's like i love this place i understand everything because everybody was speaking spanish <laughs> yeah you know it doesn't matter where we went everybody would speak spanish to her so, so she was able to communicate and and i told her like oh that's that's because you're the, you know we are literally used to be ours you know so <laughs> spanish is a must in this part of the world you know so, it's not too late to get it back uh, well yeah. we're getting it back yeah. slowly a, a mexican at a time we say a mexican at a time one mexican at a time <laughs> <laughs> but um the only problem with that is that uh the states has a very strong politics into erasing the heritage that you come from that's one thing that uh my mom that's why she didn't want me to stay as long in, in the states one of the biggest reasons we came back to mexico because she really really didn't like that i was losing my mexicanism you know kind of thing i was i was not speaking spanish i was not um Every day you pledge allegiance to the flag, you know, in school, you know, kind of like militarized, you know. Yeah. I, I, I've, ha I've had, like, literally, I have people in my family that are Trump supporters and, and that they are part of the military. And, and, and they're, uh, I remember one of, one of the guys posted, let's like, oh, thank God we're going to get rid of all these illegal immigrants. And I commented, oh, so my uncle, my uncle and my aunt are coming back. You know, I said that. And he was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I was like, well, your parents were illegals when they went to the States. Like, don't, don't forget about that. <laughs> you know, I know you were born there. And because you're born there, you're obviously a, a citizen of that country. But I, we, all, we have this saying in Mexico. Uh, um, how can I translate it? in english it's it's like doesn't matter where the indian is born indian will be something yeah. like that we kind of like say it in, in, in a sort of way uh, in, in spanish uh because it's true you know and, and 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 that's the only sad thing that my mom didn't like and and we didn't like and that's why i'm not in the states because a lot of people told me why don't you go to the states you know it's next door you know better money better blah 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 And I said, the problem is that you, you forget where you are. You know, like they literally, they erase your, your background. Your heritage, yeah. Unless you go to a very, very populated Mexican area that it's literally kind of like living in Mexico, which what's the point? Better stay in Mexico, you know, like, like there, there's some place. I remember when we first went to the States, we went to LA and we went to East LA and It literally felt like I was in Mexico, you know, it was, there was no difference, like, not even in the language, it was, you know, you see the streets with holes, with graffiti, there were gangs in the, in the streets, there were violence, there was, so it was like, what's the point of living here, you know, like, yeah, maybe you get a little bit of more cash or whatever, but that's it, you know, it's nothing. That's like when you go to a British area of Spain. And it's just like British yeah. food everywhere, uh, British pubs, British people getting drunk in the streets and fighting. And it's like, why am I here? Yeah. I'm yeah. pretty sure I've been to the Mexican quarter in LA, actually. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. 
quite the experience. It's a, it's an, I would tell everybody it's a quite, it's an amazing experience, but you don't want to leave there. No, because all around it, there's extreme poverty and, you know, excuse me, there's just a lot of problems outside of that area. But while you're walking through it, it is amazing. But yeah, we came out of it and it was like, holy shit. Like, I haven't seen that many shopping trolleys since I've been a countdown, right? They were just everywhere. Um, Yeah, it was quite sad to see outside the Mexican quarter what real life in that part of LA was about, actually. Yeah, but, and it's uh, it, it's surprising. Yeah. It was it's very surprising. Even if you get to see the difference between the border in the states and, and the border in Mexico, you know, it, it gets shittier if you go to Mexico. You know, you're like Jesus Christ. You know, you're like you're like wow with this place. Um, it actually part of my jokes. I I, I actually said it. Uh, this happened when Trump was trying to reinforce the border. He. <laughs> He had the brilliant idea of buying reinforced steel, uh, security steel, and put it on top of the border. Uh, and, well, guess what happened? The Mexicans stole it. And, <laughs> and, and it was, they found out that the Mexicans stole all this steel from the border because the consul from the States was uh, going to Tijuana and then he started looking at the houses with a very flashy reinforced steel all around the house. And it was like, you can actually literally Google it. Like it was on the news, like everybody, like, he was like, why would you do that? You know, um, one of my favorite comedians, his name is George Lopez. He says uh, that they wanted to put a dig a dig a put a ditch, you know, and put crocodiles. And, and, and I was like, put them, you know, make the ditch, put the, put the crocodiles. I'll tell you in an hour, there's going to be wallets and boots, you know, with all, with all the Mexicans taking, killing all the crocodiles and start selling them to the States, you know. And Tijuana, you need a reinforced house as well, don't you? Because it's, is it most dangerous city in Mexico, Tijuana? Uh, anything in the border, anything, yeah. anything because- in the border. What's really obscene is the other side of the border is El Paso, and that's the safest place in America to live. If you go, if you go to the border, I always I have family that, that lives in the border. Uh, I have family in Reynosa, which is the border to McAllen, Texas. Yeah, man, the stories from those places, like any any city from the border of Mexico, is, is like. They're they're living a movie, you know. They they, yeah. they are literally living a movie. In, 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 I, that's one of the things that I try to kind of like open the eyes of people here, because a lot of a lot of people when I came here, especially these gangsters, want to be people from New Zealand. You know this uh, yeah. that they want to uh, pretend that they they are gangsters, and and there are a lot of them working construction. And and I remember one time I was talking to one of these kids and he was doing like a graffiti in his notebook and it said Crips. Yeah. And I was like, Crips? And I said, but you're not black. You know, that was yeah. the first thing he's and then he turned out and he's he turned out and he's like, Oh, it's a tongue and crips. Mm. And I'm like, Oh, I didn't know they're tongue and crips. And then it's like, yeah, yeah, we're we're gangsters and this. And he started telling me about how difficult his neighborhood is and, and this and that. And, <laughs> and, and, and I was like, 
Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, wow. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And I told him, I was like, can I give you a piece of advice? And this is coming from, from a person that knows, <laughs> knows, the, knows the real shit. If you ever go to the States, don't tell anybody that you're a crip. All right? Don't you dare to say that because even the crips are going to kill you. So don't don't say it. And he was like looking at me and he looks at what are you talking about? And I said, well, I'll give you an example. Have you ever been in a drive-by? And he's like, what's a oh, drive-by? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you get a burger? <laughs> <laughs> And I said, well, that's when you get into your car, you load up your machine guns and you go to the other neighborhood and you shoot the guys. He looked at me like shocked. And I said, what are you talking about? And I'm like, that's a drive-by. You know, and I, I have a lot of cousins that have done one of those or they're being part of those ones. And trust me, it's not a nice experience. Trust me, it's not a nice experience. And he was just like, I can't believe it. And then I was like, and in regards of your drug thing that you want to say that it's pretty cool to sell drugs <laughs> and use drugs and all that kind of thing. I tell him, in my country, every day, at least a hundred people die per day because of that. And not because of using the drugs, because they want to sell it. You know, in Mexico, I always tell everybody, Mexico doesn't have a drug problem. Like, we don't use drugs. Like, it's very... We don't have the money to pay for them, you know? How can we use drugs? Mexicans die because whoever sells them makes the money. And they kill each other to sell, to be the seller, you know? They kill each other to whoever is the seller. But not because we're using drugs, you know? It's, and, and he was just... I think I scared the shit out of him because I told him like really hardcore stories from my hometown. <laughs> and, 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 and he was like, oh, I didn't know that. And I'm like, so if you really want that in your life, you don't know what you're asking for. Yeah. You know, you don't have an idea. And, and New Zealand has this problem of being too nice with their criminals, in my opinion. <laughs> You know, I, I, I don't have nothing against, I don't have nothing against the, the police or, 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 or the criminal justice system from New Zealand, but it's shit. In my opinion, it's completely shit, completely shit. We, it was just, I think it was yesterday we were at, because I worked on, 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 on Hobson Mill, Green Heights area. We received a call from the police that there was a guy that jumped on from the bridge uh, uh, on Green Height on the water and he was swimming and apparently it was the 113th time that they captured him or that the, he escaped or something. And I said, 113 times? I was like, a like this guy has committed 113 crimes and he's still escaping from you? <laughs> I mean, it just doesn't like it doesn't make sense, you know. I I even when my wife had the car accident, you know, I remember telling that to the police officer. I said to her, "Well, what's the consequences to this kid, you know, that that, that caused the accident?" 
And it was just a slap in the hand, you know. And I'm not saying destroy his life. I want him killed. Of course, that's how you feel because of what happened. But you know, you cannot, like, if you say that or you do that to a person that committed a crime and you just give them a slap in the hand, they're going to think, okay, maybe I can do it one more time or nothing's going to. And I said, this is coming from a, a person that comes from a country that knows a lot of bad people that if you give them a second chance, they're going to do a second worst thing, not a second, give it a try. This is, this is, you, you're telling, you're giving a very bad message here in New Zealand. And, 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 and I hate it. I, I don't like it. I always complain every time I see the penalties that they give to criminals here in New Zealand. I'm like, that's a joke. It's a complete joke. It's so sad. Yeah. It must be because we're, that works the police chief. But no, anyway, I'll tell you why it uh, is, right? Well, it's obviously there's the, the courts are one thing and there are problems there, definitely. The other thing is I have got a problem with the New Zealand police because, you know, there's an issue where, you know, you meet a lot of British police officers and they are yeah, people yeah. who went to apply to be police officers in the UK, failed because they weren't good enough. Um, so they came out here and became police officers here instead. So basically uh, a lot yeah. of the police officers here and senior ones in particular are rejects from the uk it's so and sad, the man. british police aren't and, and, the smartest cookies in the in the packet to be honest and, and, it's, and, and, and it's not just being smart or whatever even yeah, it, it happened here outside my house there were this uh two junkies fighting for uh someone was smoking weed or whatever and they were fighting and one of the guys ripped a board from my fence and started hitting the other guy and then the police arrived, and obviously they caught the two guys, and they put it in the in the in the in the police car and everything. And <laughs> I, I remember seeing they had this like kind of like a prefabricated bong with wheat and everything. The police or the junkies. And I, uh, yeah, <laughs> and, and and I told the police officer, and I was like, "Are you gonna take that?" And I was like, "Oh no, just throw it to the rubbish." <laughs> And I'm like, isn't that wow. evidence or something like that for you guys? <laughs> and he's like, ah, oh, no, no worries. We we got it, mate. We got it. All right, well. Okay. Yeah, like, that, that. I, I literally went, grabbed it, and threw it into my bin. And I was like, oh. That reassuring, that's reassuring. <laughs> hey, um, look, we've, we've been talking for an hour and a half already. Um, I think I've been talking. Which, you guys have been very Well, quiet. it's been very interesting. <laughs> and, you know, be very little editing required for this. And it'll be a slightly longer than normal episode. And people just have to listen and i think they'll enjoy it but have we got anything final we want to kind of touch on before we i, I thought there was two things ed might want to promote yes. one's his show in wellington and one is his podcast to give us a, bit, a couple of minutes on each yeah um orders. Well, well we're gonna i'm gonna have you now on my podcast as well fantastic that's the next yeah. the next thing coming we'll talk up talk about ourselves and um, yeah now you can talk <laughs> about uh Surprisingly, I think I'm over overusing my podcast then because I, I I do my podcast for more than an hour, the two hours usually. That's that's how that's the length of my podcast. Wow. <laughs> so, um, anyway, uh, I'm having a show in Wellington this 12th and 13th of uh, March, which is next week coming up. The 12th is the English show, and it's called A Mexican Without Borders. And then the Spanish show is on the 13th, and it's called Esaway Pares Isleño, which is what I said, the, that dude looks like an islander. Um, you can come. Like, I, I've, I, I'm surprised that I've had the Spanish shows, and, 
the wife brings the Kiwi husband to the show and the Kiwi husband is just looking like an immigrant, you know? Um, <laughs> I, I actually joked about that. as like, this is karma for you, you know? Now you, yeah, now you know how we feel when we come to a... Uh, I am going to come to one of your... Um, I'm going to come to one of your Spanish language shows, actually, because I do need to brush up. And, um, yeah, man, it's, it's wonderful. And, and and they're they're honestly, they're quite quite amazing shows. And, 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 and the quality from the other comedians that I'm, I'm bringing up as well, they're, they're amazing. The girl from Chile, he, she just started doing comedy. God, she's a natural TikToker. I always joke about that, you know, but she's really funny and everything. And, and we had other other comedians that also obviously every Rodriguez you already know him mm. you've, you've, you've yeah. seen a few years so he's he's an amazing guy he's the one opening my show in oh, Wellington cool. so he's he's gonna be cool. yeah they're gonna get two ads for the price of one <laughs> so that's, 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 that's pretty cool and obviously the, po the podcast is doing amazingly incredibly good like I've had honestly I had my 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 hero with my in my podcast, which was something that I I felt really proud. I have Felipe Esparza in my podcast. That was one of the biggest things that I've ever done, and obviously I was part of his podcast. Kind of yeah, as well. I saw that. So that was also, yeah, that was amazing, man. And and like if you see the the personalities that he has had in his podcast, and I see my name under those things, I'm like, oh my god, this is just a dream come true, you know? Like like I. I podcast before he had eric andre and then the, he 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 has had freaking i think uh joe reagan was in his podcast wow. as well and also wow. so he's had, he's had big 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 huge names in in his podcast as well which is called the whatsapp full podcast if you want to check the interview that he thought uh did on me uh and yeah we're anything you know follow me on 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 my social media you know uh ed rivera comedy Facebook, Instagram. I try to keep up with with funny stuff all the time, posting funny stuff and 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 trying to to be very proactive with the community in in general and with the com comedy community. Hopefully, we don't go into another lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> fingers crossed. Uh, but yeah, yeah, just just to invite everybody to to come and listen to, to this podcast, and obviously next podcast, hopefully we can have you guys. And, and, and the podcast and, and then I'll shut up and you, you guys will talk so <laughs> I don't know I suspect you might still have some interesting stories to share on your own podcast <laughs> um, okay. but, can... uh, it's, it's been an amazing year for you Ed I've been following you like I followed your dog bollock stuff Stalker. and just your videos going over to Waihiki and just, you know, obviously I was devastated for you with the Palmerston North thing when that fell through, but you've been amazing at putting yourself out there and really going hard for it, and you, you're quite rightly getting the reward that you, you deserve for the hard work you've put in. So, yeah, we've been super proud and really been keen to get you, going, get you onto our podcast because we've just been really amazed at the sort of stuff that you've been putting out there. So that's just a great effort. Thank you very much, man. No, like I said, well, there was no Ed Rivera podcast without the procrastinators. I said it in the oh, beginning, cool. you know, and it, 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 that's, a, that's a testament. You I've know? got all of, I have actually got all of your episodes downloaded, and I started listening to you and Eddie Rodriguez one and fell asleep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the last one that I did with the female comedy power, yep. man, that podcast 
I have to tell you, it's one of the like. I, obviously, the Flelipas Barça was for me that they would that was me just fangirling the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> the, this one with the female comedy power, man, man. We had Emma Wallen, Kura Turefenua, uh Rookie Hog, and Dasha Kuprienko uh, talking about how it's to be a female comedian in in New Zealand and how they hate to be a female comedian, not just the word comedian, which is pretty interesting, mm-hmm. you know, and, and no, not that they hate, but, you know, like they, they talked about very intense topics, which is, was something that I'm, I'm, I'm very proud. And if you have a chance to listen to that Definitely one, awesome. that's pretty cool. There's going to be a part two with other female comedians as well. So that's also uh, soon going to so be. So you just, what uh, you're doing is you're getting done. all of the female comedians out of the way in two shows, and then you can go back to just talking to the men you want to talk to or. To be honest, our, our, our um, gender balance on this show has been so shit that um, I definitely <laughs> cannot joke or throw stones um, about that because you know this is certainly a glass house, unfortunately. Well, you you you, you can say you had a Mexican, and we're 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 kind of in in the gay Tino community. It's pretty 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 white our our people, so you can say that it got balanced a little bit plus uh with the how fat i got i think i went to from cup cup size d to a, <laughs> to an e now with this top down so. <laughs> yeah i'm a, I'm a c cup i'm a c cup now yeah <laughs> there you go at least you're still skinny i'm a, i went from a d cup to a, a please stop cup <laughs> um, i'm getting i'm getting up to two girls one cup <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Um, I feel like there's some other shows we should promote because I will do this over the weekend since it's still lockdown. I'll, I'll get this edited and everything and it'll be out by Sunday, I imagine. So we should probably promote um, Zach's Bar is going to have an open mic night next Thursday. I'm um, trying to yep. get some more, all much needed revenue in. Um, what other nights have we seen coming up that are definitely on? Oh, the Classic is going to be on. Raw Comedy will be on a Monday on the Classic. Yeah. And then as well in Wellington on Sunday, you got Matt Coombs' oh, uh, show, Coombs and Friends, on Sunday the 4th, uh, 14th, uh, which is uh, next after my show. He's, he's doing his Friends friends and, 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 and Coombs, which is, uh, I, I got the pleasure to see it, and it was pretty funny. Honestly, I really enjoy Matt. He's always a funny fella, so I think it's uh, another one that you guys uh, – People should come from people from Wellington yeah. should come and see it. Pretty cool. Definitely. Hey, I broke we broke some news tonight, Matt, and you didn't even know about it because you were asleep. Um, I actually got the before it was announced who their opener was going to be in Wellington and put it on our podcast page. So we announced that first before they even announced Fantastic. it. Who is it? Let's <laughs> announce it here as well. Sarah Douglas, she's a Canadian born uh, comedian now living in Wellington. Oh yeah, yeah, cool. I don't. I think I've seen her. Yeah. 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 Well, I've tagged her into our post, and she's already liked it. So sure. you know, um, we're off and running. So we were breaking exclusive news tonight. <laughs> well, we are just head lets down because he didn't tell us his exclusive news. But maybe in the future he'll tell us his exclusive news. <laughs> Once we stop recording, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, thanks, everyone. Uh, bye to our listeners. <laughs>